Welcome. You are listening to Intentional Conversations from Nika White Consulting, an encore presentation of our weekly podcast where we intersect diversity, equity, and inclusion with leadership and business. Let the conversation begin. And today we are so excited to welcome Yolanda Brown. Yolanda is committed to empowering others through her mission of fully embracing her divine purpose by improving the lives of others. She is a seasoned professional whose drive and self-determination has resulted in a myriad of accomplishments in both private and public sectors. Yolanda currently serves as the president of Diversity Initiatives for Engage Mentoring, where she leads the national expansion of diversity-focused mentoring and leadership programs for companies, universities, and nonprofits. She holds a Master of Science in Organizational Leadership and a host of certifications, including being a Certified Child and Youth Care Practitioner. In addition, Yolanda is an entrepreneur, author, and speaker, where she places an emphasis on women and girls' empowerment. Yolanda has written chapters in multiple award-winning books, whether it is via public speaking or her published works, she she leverages her formal education, real-world experiences, and her passion to inspire and motivate others to live according to their purpose. Collectively, her works help to build resilience, confidence, and character. She currently lives in Avon, Indiana with her husband, Vincent, and daughter, Kiara. So, Vodcast community, if you would help me in welcoming Yolanda to um, IC today on July 1st. Yolanda, we are so, so excited to have you here. And as always, we do like to ask our hosts to share a fun fact or something that we would not maybe know from reading your bio or, you know, information that we could find about you um, on the World Wide Web. Thank you. Hello, 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 IC community. Hello, Rachel and Courtney. So good to be with you and thanking uh, Dr. White for the opportunity to be here. Something that you wouldn't know from my bio, I am a bona fide fashionista. I went to college for fashion. (laughs) So I love everything fashion. And I'm, I'm a creative. My daughter's a creative. We just, I I love, those uh, what are you know I guess they're not considered non-traditional careers anymore but that is still very much in my heart awesome well you know I love fashion as well um and so that's something that I think we probably could connect on offline (laughs) thank you for sharing that thank you hi Yolanda so happy to have you here today and we can tell from how you're dressed I was looking (laughs) at the necklace and I was like okay Maybe I need some help from Yolanda, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. But I wanted to go into something that's your passion, which is empowering women and young girls. Can you tell us a little about that? Why that is so important to you as an individual? And then maybe bridge it into how that connects with your current role as president of DEI at Engage Mentoring. Yes. Well, thank you for that question. I, so, you know, it started, I'm the mom of a daughter, as you heard in my bio. So my passion for empowering girls started with her. Everything, it was important to me that I gave her exposure opportunities, whether it was to youth programming, I was the Brownie troop leader. It started way back then, you know, she's 26 now, where I believe that, um, 
you know, speaking life into young people matters. And as I continued in my professional career and working in the nonprofit sector in youth development, hearing from young girls and understanding how we influence um, them, if they're influenced sooner, if they're exposed sooner and we speak life into them sooner, it helps them be more whole as women. It helps them have greater self-confidence and um, you know, just helping to um, better articulate their dreams, better articulate what it is they desire in their life and help them love themselves better so that they can love others better as adult women. And so that um, a lot of my earlier things, uh, things that I published were testimonial in nature and talking about my experiences to women. And so that has all, I, I say, I told someone a few weeks ago that I have the privilege of living out my passion in that aspect and in my day job, so to speak. You know, it is, it's not, I can't even say it's a day job anymore because it is so embedded in my heart that authentic relationships matter, speaking life into others matter. And so it is in perfect alignment whether it's mentoring of young people or mentoring of professionals and colleagues, I know the power of having influence and having individuals pour into me. And so that is what I do. Awesome. Love that, Yolanda. I think it is incredibly important. I know when I was in um, high school, my mother was very intentional about exposing me early. And um, there was a group called Women of Tomorrow. And um, I was a part of that. And it was so um, inspirational. I, I credit it to a lot of the decisions that I have made and, you know, really who I am today. And so instilling that early is so important. And I, that work is so crucial. Um, I would like to kind of just go back a little bit because I'm very fascinated. You said that, you know, you your your studies were in fashion that's your passion so kind of can you tell us how this journey has um you know kind of led into what you're doing now in DEI and with mentoring and and all of that I'd love to hear that it sounds like it would be a phenomenal story <laughs> sure so yes when I got out of college I left college early actually before I finished and I ended up going back and so leaving college initially and actually launched. My mom lived in California and I went to California and I was working in retail, retail management. That was um, where I started. And I came back to Indiana where I am now and started working in, uh, I left retail, started working in a sales environment <laughs> and I liked it. I liked it. I then evolved into a training and development career. So I started, I became a corporate trainer. And so it, but it was because I felt that even with all that I was pursuing with fashion, I wanted to be in Indiana and Indiana has evolved. Don't get me wrong. Indiana has evolved in the fashion space, but back at that time, it was not um, high on anyone's radar for fashion. And so if this is where I wanted to be, I had to make a choice. And then I became a mom <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fashion, I'm going to put fashion on the back burner and it, I'm, you know, doing well in corporate. And I went back to school and I, my passion for training evolved into my master's in organizational leadership. 
And that that truly is where it is. And so I decided at that I would continue to nurture my fashion in other ways, but that my main career focus would, um, you know, be in helping to develop others. And that's, it's come full circle from there. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. So you decided that your focus would be helping to develop others. And now you're on a different trajectory. You're in corporate America and you have a mom and you have a daughter. So now you're a mom, you're a girl mom. And you're being brownie leader and everything (laughs) to do to empower your daughter. Um, Walk us through how you end up with Engage Mentoring and why now you say you're living your best life in terms of everything that you stand for and believe is is coming together in your current role. So could you walk us through that and and, uh, just tell us how you ended up where you are now? Yeah, so... um... And I'll clarify, my daughter, she's an adult now, so I've taken her through <laughs> her college and her career, and I'm, I'm nurturing my creativity through her uh, creative aspirations. Um, well, so my la- the past 17 years of my career have been spent in nonprofit, and so from direct youth services to the last organization I was with um, served as an intermediary to youth serving organizations throughout the state of Indiana. So I was involved in an executive fellowship last year. And one of my um, colleagues in the fellowship said, I w- there's someone I want you to meet. And I think that there could be some alignment in the work that you're doing with you, know, you serving organizations throughout the state. They're doing some great work in this space of DEI and um, a diverse leadership. Um, you know, they have diversity focused leadership programs. And so I said, okay, she said, I want you to meet Allison Martin, who is our managing director and founder. And I said, okay. So I reached out to Allison. We met over Zoom. And from the moment she started talking about the vision of being intentional in offering access to meaningful relationships within corporations and universities and nonprofits, I bought in immediately because I, I, I could only think about how in my early career, even before I was degreed, I had individuals that saw the potential in me that I didn't see in myself. And it, it immediately resonated with me. So we started, um, and so I was all in to try to help her in, in any way that I could. Not We weren't talking employment. We were just connecting over mission and values alignment. And so I'd say about, oh, four meetings later, (laughs) we continue to just stay connected. Every time something would um, happen, you know, with the business, she would just call and say, hey, this is what's happening with programming. Do you know anyone for this? You know, so we just, again, we just developed a relationship and over uh, several conversations, it became evident to me that I had a much greater purpose with the organization. And that is where the the role was created. Allison went on a trip to Belize and came back and said, <laughs> let, you know, let's continue to chat have in that, that it's, it's evolved from there. That's beautiful. I love those like 
um, clearly aligned, like we just crossed yes. paths and everything just fell into place. Those are just so nice. And it really just feels like, yes, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be, you know, where purpose and passion kind of get to meet. So that's awesome. And so I think that is perfect. Let's go ahead and transition into, you know, mentorship, you know, yes. why should mentoring be a part of any DEI strategy? What, you know, what, what is the importance of mentorship? Why should companies, organizations, individuals be prioritizing that? Um, you know, we'd love to hear more from you on that. Yes. Thank you for that question. I know that I don't have to necessarily preach to the IC community or either of you about, we've all heard about this great resignation. We've heard about, uh, someone referred to it as the great reassessment. And, you know, there's data that supports that, um, you know, 94% of individuals would have stayed at a company had they felt that they had opportunities to grow opportunities for um, advancement and overall feeling valued. And so when you look at mentoring through a DEI lens, access to meaningful connections is vital to the strategy because what it's going to do, it's going to help improve overall employee satisfaction. It's going to um, improve that sense of belonging and increase engagement. It's one of the key questions that I ask companies when I'm talking to the organizations is who is that group within your organization that you can't develop fast enough? Who is that group that you can't seem to meet them where they are and retain? And so I do, I ask that because I, yes, I want to know what is the representation amongst their teams? You know, are their teams diverse? What is the leadership, the makeup of their leadership teams? So from a the lens of DEI, mentoring is going to improve the culture because it's going to help provide equitable access, you know, to development opportunities. Um, it's going to help um, help enhance or develop the cultural competency. I think it helps broaden perspective, you know, of the team overall and the overall culture. And so um, I believe holistically that if you know, leaders are missing this opportunity to consider um, diversity, um, include being inclusive of multiple perspectives. I just don't feel that they're getting the full richness, you know, of their team and their their employees and really understanding who they have at the table. And so that is why we believe access to meaningful connections is key to this strategy. So Yolanda, if I am XYZ Corporation mm -hmm. and I, I realize that maybe mentoring is something that we want to do at our corporation yes, and I reach out to engage mentoring and I say, okay, I'm interested in your program. Mm -hmm. Could you break down for us what that looks like in terms of implementation within the company? Yes. What is it that engage mentoring will do for XYZ to put in place a mentorship program? Great question. And so what we do is we help um, organizations leverage our technology platform to execute the, um, to give access to the meaningful connections through mentorship. And so it looks something like this. So I'm talking to X company. We come alongside these companies for them to decide who is right for this opportunity. When they do that, regardless of the experience level 
or um, their experience level or their role within the organization, we invite their employees, we provide them a template that they send to their employees, inviting them to serve as both mentee and mentor. We train them, we certify them, and our matching is based on topics. And so it's not a heavy lift. And I know it's some people may think, well, that sounds awful simple. That's because we do make, we try to make mentoring easy. And so it's not a heavy lift. It is a matter of our companies after us, of course, having dialogue about who's right, what's happening in your culture now, who makes sense to, for, you know, to be participants in the program. And then it goes from there. They just provide us a list of names and we take it from there. It's fully administered by us. We provide data and analytics on the engagement that is occurring within the platform. And, um, and even if they, so it's a, it's a licensing process, if you will. So they decide the number of employees that they want to participate. And we scale, we can work with any company of any size. Minimum, we say 20 employees, but a company so that they can get the full experience of analytics and communication with our client success team. But a company can have an entry point of a minimum of five employees. So basically it's um, you leveraging technology to facilitate the process of mentoring. That's right. And, and then providing feedback. So it's, it's technology that is introduced into the organization Yes. People can apply to be mentors or mentees, and then you assist in the matching process and also just the, the oversight of the relationships that are formed. Great question. So, and I want to make sure that I back up a bit and clarify one thing. So once the employee is in our platform, they then select the topics on which that, that resonate most with them and they select their mentor. So there is, that is how the matching takes place. Okay, so it's based on topics and they have full access to our nationwide platform of mentors. So we're industry agnostic. And so we know that there is value. We found that data supports that there is value in conversations that take place both in and outside of the organization. So they have access to our full platform of mentors. And again, our participants are encouraged to serve as both. So we, we don't recruit external mentors. Our mentees and mentors are one and the same because they're made up of our participants. Got it, got it, okay. Does that make sense? I feel like... <laughs> Did that, did that make sense? So basically people are matching within people within their organization, not outside of their organization. Actually, it can be both. We, we have a shared platform. And so they see individuals from various companies from around the country that are participating with us. So the pool is opened up pretty much. The pool is open, yes. And it's based on whatever topics I'm interested in. That's right what resonates with you. And so that's everything. There's about 50 topics in the platform. So confidence, dealing, my last mentee selected me based on the topic of dealing with ambiguity because throughout my career, I've been able to navigate 
you know, environments of shift, change, transition, and do so successfully. So that was a topic that resonated with me and that aligned with both my lived and professional experiences. Okay. That's, I think that's very good information for our broadcast community. And I kind of wanted to touch on something that you said. You said that, um, you know, mentees and, and mentors, they can connect with people inside and outside of the organization. And I think that brings to a question that we had, which is, you know, typically you see leaders mentoring those that are in their circle, you know, that are in the same circle that they are familiar with. And, and so why is it important to kind of end that cycle? And how is, you know, your platform kind of helping to assist in the end of that cycle? Oh, thank you for that question. You know, while some mentoring does happen naturally um, in a non-formal way, what we have found is that we have to be cautious of that tendency to mentor people that look like us or have the same experience level that we have. And so if a company's leadership is not diverse or these types of experiences aren't offered, you know, the trap employers find themselves in is that people um, that don't look like them or people that don't come from a similar background are not being developed. And so it is key um, that leaders recognize that diversity must be embraced, that, that it will create a culture shift. And if in fact, um, you know, I believe that because the matching is based on topics, you know, sometimes those performance management conversations, I might not feel comfortable talking about that I lack confidence in a certain area. I might not feel confident telling my leader that, you know, that I don't manage my time so well or that I'm having trouble man balancing life, work, and family, you know? And so there is, it, it's so important that, that leaders just broaden their own perspective so that they can then be uh, truly meet employees where they are. Why is mentoring um, important from a recruitment and retention lens, the, DB, the DEI perspective? Yes, you know, it's, I believe that mentoring is a great tool for um, attracting potential employees when you look at it from the lens of um, retention for sure. It, it helps to grow the current workforce. It helps to retain talent. Overall, um, you know, I and we, we believe that mentoring from the, as it relates to HR initiatives, is going to help improve productivity, you know, going to help produce a more well-rounded skilled workforce. And I have to keep saying broadened perspectives, because I'll just tell you that when the world blew up <laughs> a little over two years ago now, you know, it really placed um, employers and leaders in a space of figuring out how do you, um, not only how do you show up for your team members, but how do you um, create a space where they feel safe, where they feel valued, where they feel nurtured, and if it were not for, um, at the time, me having a supervisor, a leader that 
wanted to see me and understand my heart in that moment, in that space, the, the good, the bad, the frustration, I would not have been able to show up authentically. I would not have been able to um, really grow and, and, and show my resilience in that moment to still show up, still produce, <laughs> and still have an organizational commitment that says I'm in the right place. And so it, it absolutely matters. And so Yolanda, when you, you know, kind of talk about that, what, what makes a great mentor? You know, what does that look like? Mm. I, I, you know, it's, um, it's an ability to not just show up <laughs> authentically, but it is having a desire to help someone meet their greatest, um, meet their greatest potential, be that, be what, and it's so important that mentors be what they want to see in others. <laughs> That's the only way they can nurture it. Um, I think a great mentor has an ability to teach um, at an individual level. They, um, and, and then of course, depending on the type of mentoring, because it, it shifts, you know, because there are people that only um, look at a mentor from the perspective of career, you know, so do they have experience in um, the area that the mentee needs, you know, and so whether it's more technical in that aspect or topical, like what we've been talking about, there has to be alignment. You have to um, be able to show, um, you know, that there is values alignment and, and you have to care enough to ask and make sure um, and, and that involves effective communication skills, which I would say is another key um, uh, attribute of a great mentor. We always talk about how a lot of times in today's workforce, there are five generations, you know, and in order to be able to thrive, you need to have generational intelligence. So mm. one of the topics that is a a button that I love, if there is a love button, is reverse mentoring. So um, how can organizations, uh, junior employees, lived experiences make them great mentors? Mm. And does this program give an opportunity for the more junior people to be mentors too? Because it's not only the older people or the people with more work experience who have something to to um, to impart to others. So yeah. can you address that? Yes, absolutely. So that is exactly um, why our program exists and is modeled the way that it is. Because regardless of experience level, regardless of uh, generational um, where they are in age or how seasoned they are, if you will, everyone is invited to serve as both mentee and mentor. We believe that, and, and the other piece I did not mention, what, there, what a great way to build the leadership capacity of new or junior employees by giving them the opportunity to view themselves as a mentor. Because the part that I did not mention is that for every employee that's sponsored in our program, it allows us to sponsor a college student at no cost to them or their institution. So it is a win-win. So our we have college students in the platform that are benefiting 
from this mentorship as well. So if it's a junior employee who is able to mentor a college student, or I want to tell a quick story. I met a guy, it's been about a month ago, with an organization here in Indiana, and he said that he was selected by a gentleman that was older than him and in a more senior level position in his company. And he said this, his exact words were, I didn't understand why he selected me because I'm not, you know, as experienced as he is. And he said it has been the most rich experience for him because they bonded over both being new dads. You know, balancing life and family was the topic and they aligned. He said, I have so enjoyed getting to know him. And that is where their bond has come, has formed, you know, talking about this. So there is, you know, a junior employee can use their lived experiences to encourage and support their colleagues or in any type of, you know, mentoring experience. And, and Rachel, when you talk about reverse mentoring, I believe that, you know, whether it's a senior leader, <laughs> you know, you know, not feeling that they may be you know, able to serve in that, in a mentee, uh, mentee capacity, I think, you know, there is data that supports that reverse mentoring works, because I believe that mentors need mentors too. <laughs> I believe that we all as leaders must be committed to continuous learning. And um, I think if anyone doesn't, on either side of it, if they don't believe that they can benefit from a mentoring opportunity, then they're missing opportunities for connection. You know, the, the best leaders are open-minded and they have a heart um, to embrace other perspectives. And that that is, it's, I believe there's no better way than through mentorship. We have a lot that we can learn from the next generation. Absolutely. Um, I uh, definitely have seen um, how even leaders who are phenomenal leaders, when they lean into um, the perspectives and lived experiences of those around them, how that really opens up their creativity, allows them to be a stronger visionary um, and take in that information to really help spearhead some really cool, great ideas. And so I am curious though, because I can only imagine that this has probably happened um, because not all, um, people have the, you know, ability to maybe self-reflect in a way that says, yes, this is something I need. So how are you um, navigating those conversations with leaders who don't feel like they need to be a mentee, who don't feel like they need to be in a mentee-mentor relationship with someone else? Um, and those, you know, leaders who maybe don't feel like they should be a mentor, you know, are you guys having to navigate those conversations? And if so, um, how are kind of those conversations taking place? What are being said? Hmm. That's a great question. I think, you know, I can't say that I have, you know, my team members laugh at me because I, I have not had anyone say we don't need this or that they don't get it now as to whether the systems that they are within will allow <laughs> the opportunity, the, the experience to happen in this way. You know, that's another conversation. I've not heard anyone say, I, I don't need this. Now, are there, I can tell you that 
I have heard organizations say, our team members aren't ready. Our, our team members aren't um, experienced enough to serve as mentors. Our, you know, they're not ready, you know, and there's this fear that, um, that somehow, you know, there's something else that they need. And, and I just will, I continue to say, I push, we push back. It is my philosophy that everyone has something to offer and that we cannot, it's like, well, what are we going to do to get them ready? You know, if they don't have the opportunity and it's the same, same thing, when I ask the questions through what lens do you tap individuals on the shoulder to say that they are high potential? Because when we say, this experience is for high potential leaders within your organization or, um, you know, high functioning individuals or some of your current leaders. If, you know, I always ask through what lens are you tapping those individuals on the shoulder and offering those growth opportunities? If we don't give them exposure, it's just like with a child, you know, when I talked about my daughter, you know, or how we manage as parents, if we don't expose them to opportunity, then how will they know? And if we don't ask what their interests are, how will we know how to best nurture their potential and, and increase their organizational commitment to say, I belong here. I want to be here. They care about us. And so that is really, it's always a values proposition for me <laughs> when I'm having the conversations and it's, and it's getting an understanding because I, I do sometimes say, what has been your experience with mentoring? Because again, if they weren't exposed to it, they won't necessarily see the value either. It's a heart condition. I believe that. It's, it's a heart condition and it's how we're nurtured and it all plays into um, you know, how we lead. Talking about leadership and talking about... Um you and how you want to empower girls. Um, could you tell us a little about you and an upcoming book that you have and what motivated you to write that book and how that kind of links to your passion, the heart condition you just talked about, which is mentoring? Yes, yes. So there's um, a few projects that are Oh, happening right now. So um, one of my primary um, areas of focus is talking to girls about authentic friendships. And so um, I have a book called Loyalty, A Girl's Guide to Understanding Authentic Friendships and for uh, geared toward middle school and high school girls. And so I talk about the importance of loving yourself first and gaining an understanding of how you know, why do you, you know, why do the certain friends that you have, why, what attracts you to them? What do you, and I talk to girls about values alignment, <laughs> you know, because sometimes they don't quite understand that. But I ask if it's a, of course, a, a young middle school girl, like my goddaughter is, well, she's now 11, but when I wrote the book, she was eight. And I, you know, asking, challenging them, it's a workbook that says, you know, what is it that you like about another person? And I talk about how to say goodbye you know, in friendships. So I love having those conversations and it's important to have them earlier than later. And so that book has been retooled into an academic version that's modulized for schools so that 
um, and it's titled Leaders and Learning to Engage Authentically in Relationships with Adults and Society and Community. So it draws that connection. And, um, and so those are two key pro projects. And then in October, um, I just finished a um, collaboration, a book called Brave Women at Work, Stories of Resilience. And oh my goodness, it is powerful. And it's going to be, um, I, I just believe it's going to impact the masses because it gives, when we talk about resilience and so much of it relates to relationships and understanding. And I talk a lot about the earlier story that I alluded to in my prior work environment during the pandemic. My story is called Staying Power. And it is all about the um, building resilience during these past two years. And my workplace was key to that. The relationships that I had within the workplace with my colleagues and leaders made all the difference in, in building my resilience. And so it, it definitely um, ties in. So that is something that we'll be sharing, um, you know, as we're out with Engage, as just sharing as a reflection of our passion as an organization. That's beautiful, Yolanda. I love the title of that, Brave Women at Work. And um, someone dropped in the, uh, the chat, the book around authentic relationships. They need this book. So please keep us abreast of that. We would okay. love to. Um, Loyalty's out there. Go to Amazon. It's there. Okay. Okay. It's available and, um, on sure, Amazon? Yeah, loyalty is. Yes, it is. Okay. And I'm sure someone either from the podcast community or our team at NWC can source that and drop that in the chat for those who are looking for that. That is uh, phenomenal and fantastic. We're excited for, for that work that's happening for you. Thank you. Um, and so kind of on that same path, um, you know, why do you feel that um, entrepreneurship um, is a path to female empowerment? You know, um, I know that I am surrounded by tons of entrepreneurs, whether it is in a, you know, this is something that I do on the side and I have my nine to five or they're, yeah. or they're pursuing it, you know, full time. Yeah. Um, I always kind of joke that, you know, that, that, that calling has not been put on my life yet. Um, but I would love to hear about, you know, your thoughts on how that can, you know, lead to that, that, uh, that, that path to female empowerment. Yeah. You know, in, you know, we, we can talk gender um, equality or inequalities, if you will. Um, but I believe that, you know, women who um, desire economic empowerment, who desire um, social independence, um, family stability, I feel, you know, it, it, it makes me, it gives me joy <laughs> to um, be able to display my, my voice and, and, sh and have a presence in, as an entrepreneur, as a leader to help empower others. And also um, present stability to my family. I love engaging with other women business owners, you know, um, that 
we have to fill our cup. So whether it's through entrepreneurship, I, I just think entrepreneurship is a great way to um, have a presence in this world, you know, and, but yeah, it's not everyone's calling to necessarily own a business, but I believe that everyone has influence. And so it's recognizing how do you use that influence? If you have, if there is a hobby <laughs> that you want to monetize or find a way to, to navigate in, you know, what often we is referred to as a male dominated world, it's a great way to do it. And, um, and, and just holistically build our capacities to just be, to be great, <laughs> to be amazing and, and show up, show up authentically to the world and contribute um, to our communities in a positive way. That's pretty amazing, Yolanda. Um, I wanted to invite this community. If you have any questions for Yolanda, please raise your hands or unmute yourself and ask any questions. Um, and also, um, Yolanda, yeah. we always talk about um, the business case for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And what we come across as DEI practitioners is that sometimes you have Maybe the HR executive who is so excited about DEI work and they retain us, but then we have to go through a process where we're explaining to the executive leadership team why DEI is important, the business case for DEI. Do you ever um, experience that? You've alluded to it a little in our conversation earlier on, and you've, you've kind of given tips of how you kind of work around that where you say it's a heart condition, but yeah. do you have a business case for mentoring? And do you have an entry point within an organization of, of maybe how you would come in? Would you come in through the HR department? Would you come in through the ERGs and the BRGs and the affinity groups? Like, would you come in through the DEI side? So yeah. what's your business case for the mentoring program that you have, which sounds very, very advanced, you know, it takes away the, the monotony of figuring out, like you do all the work, right? For whoever wants to be a part of the program, your technology plat platform kind of does everything, but what's yeah. your business case for the product that you have? Such a great question. It, so I, my primary entry point is through DEI leaders. Chief diversity officers. Now, do I talk to chief HR officers? Yes, and some of my colleagues do as well. And so my primary focus is DEI. I have other colleagues who primarily um, focus on the HR professionals and every organization looks different. Now, as far as who the ultimate decision maker is as to a program like this, I also, I'll use um, one of our clients um, Panera, as an example, their chief diversity officer um, in initially coming on board, they were focused on their ERGs. You know, we do talk to, well, I talk to organizations all the time where they want to focus on a specific affinity group or ERG. In the case of Panera, it was their females, their, their women's ERG, where they started. And now it's been expanded to all the way to their cafe staff. So it is okay. When I ask that question, who is it? 
within your organization that you can't develop fast enough, that typically is where their mind goes immediately. They've either surveyed their ERG participants and asked them what they want, which I love when that happens because that shows that they want to meet the needs or request of that particular group. And so that is key to many of our communications um, with clients. And if, you know, to take it a little further, um, Rachel, in that, <laughs> because I go in talking about access to meaningful connections, it is our hope that systems of inequity, that they are discussed and addressed. Now, we don't say that access to meaningful connections solves all of the challenges, the DEI challenges that exist within an organization. But we know that it is key to the strategy and in helping people to see why it's important that diverse populations are considered in all things, but especially in the workplace where there's not just consideration of race, but diversity as it relates to gender inclusion, individual ideas, differences and perspectives must be embraced. And this is a key tool to that happening. And I just believe that any leader, whether it's an HR leader, a DEI leader, a talent engagement leader, that any leader who is not embracing this, they are just simply, and I said it earlier, they are not getting the full richness of what their team can do and produce if they're not considering all of these factors. And mentoring improves culture. That is the business case. Mentoring improves culture. I love that. Um, so we do have a question that was just uh, placed in the chat. Um, Amy, would you like to unmute and ask your question or I can read it aloud for you? Um, hi, everybody. Yeah, I don't mind asking. I was just curious, Yolanda, because I am a small business owner mm -hmm. and um, I was curious, what would your advice be for someone who is a small business owner and isn't in a larger organization or an entrepreneur who maybe has a side hustle and you know that there's great value in mentoring, but you don't have the access because you're not inside of a larger organization. What do you tell individuals in that kind of season of life? Mm, great question. So a mentor for yourself, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Mm, what a great question. <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to use a real life example of myself. <laughs> there was a time when um, I didn't necessarily label individuals in my life as mentors. I just knew there were people that um, poured into me and saw things in me that I needed when I didn't know that I needed them. So my first um, and so I became comfortable with asking individuals for feedback on how they see me. I think it is, so my first tip would be make a list of individuals in your life that you admire, make a list of individuals that, that you believe have influence or individuals that are doing things that you want to do. And you may not enter into, as I mentioned earlier, mentoring can happen informally and formally. 
So my first tip would be is to um, make a list for yourself of individuals that, that you admire, that you respect, that you believe have maybe already poured into you without you necessarily acknowledging them as a mentor. And then also find professional organizations that you can attend networking events, um, become a part of that, because there are some out there that are low cost or no cost at all, start and that, that either host um, you know, member engagement events or community engagement events that you can start being in the room. I believe being in rooms that can enrich your life are so important and key to our growth. And so that would be just, just a few things that I would um, offer. Those are, those are fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. So, so what I'm hearing you say is that you said um, mentoring can be formal or informal. Yes. I guess what you're saying is we all kind of need to just examine ourselves and see we probably have people who've mentored us without us realizing that it's a mentoring relationship. Yes. And, and in the instance of small businesses, networking seems to be uh, a good way of getting that exposure yes. to that mentor-mentee relationship. Yes, absolutely. It is because when you see other, um, I went to an event last weekend that was um, for women, you know, that just are passionate about creating equitable conditions in our world, in our city, in our lives. And I, there were two women there that I had been admiring on LinkedIn and had never sent a connection, but I've been watching them and I, it, it was so meaningful for me to actually step up to them <laughs> and introduce myself because I'm, I am an introvert. People don't think that, but I am. <laughs> and I told them that I had been admiring them on LinkedIn and how they had the things that they were saying and the things that they're doing have um, influenced me. And they were blown away by it because people don't know. Everyone has a realm of influence. And so I, it was such a joy, you know. Um, you know so we, we just have things, we have to be open to receiving from others. And, and that is just a key way to do it. Get, get out there and just, um, Look for people that are doing what you do <laughs> and what you, you know, that are aligned in value, in the value, in their value system. Thank you, Yolanda. And um, Melissa, Melissa is the newest NWC associate. Uh, Melissa, could you unmute yourself and please um, ask your question to Yolanda? Hello, yes. Hi, everyone. Um, I was wondering, Yolanda, if you could share for us um, a success story. You, I've been so excited to hear about um, the the mentoring program and just all that you all are doing. And I, it would be great to just hear a success story about how um, a company that has worked um, in this mentoring space has really um, embraced culture change. You know, and um, you know, it's it's always good to hear about these great culture shifts and and. And, and when there's change involved. So would you, would you share with us a story of how that's come about? Hmm, that is such, and, and I know if I, I don't know if I have any of my colleagues on, cause I can't see everyone. Um, 
Yes, you do. Um, yes, yes, Allison yes. is on. Hi, Allison. Hi. And, and she unmuted. Yeah. Hi. Thanks. Hi. And you may be better equipped to share a story like from Three Rivers or Panera or whoever you feel, if that's okay, my co-host, thank you. <laughs> Well, you had, you had highlighted one earlier. So by the way, I'm, I'm the founder and managing director. So thanks for having us here today and, and getting to talk about this great topic. Um, and uh, I, as the founder, I've been working in this space um, for a long time. And so we've got the benefit of longevity with some of our clients. You had mentioned one earlier. So Panera did start out with um, and they don't mind us sharing because we even have them on their our website and um, and uh, highlight their story a lot. But um, really started out focusing on one ERG um, and realized that you know that um, the opportunity really it, you know although on one hand when you look at ERGs there's a natural opportunity for mentoring and that's the space we want to create the opportunity for inclusion um, also needs to be there and that means access to relationships um, that aren't just other people that kind of check whatever diversity category is there so um, we've been able to really expand that program and, and become part of the culture um, and we have other organizations that I think most companies that we work with really start out with piloting like Yolanda said where it's What's that one population that comes to mind that we can't seem to develop fast enough and is critical to retain? Um, but but the, where the rubber really meets the road for us is, in working with a company is where we become part of the culture, not unlike other employee benefits, but you know, meaning that every year we get to you know invite employees to apply. Um, to participate in a program that meets them where they are um, and offers them a, a development opportunity that, that also provides access to relationships and ensures that that access is actually happening. Um, and at a time right now where, you know, we've got some clients who say that they have certain categories of employees that can make as much money going to work for Chipotle, right? We, we all know the, that the wages are rising. How do you articulate to an employee that this is a place you want to come work? How do you, how do you really tell that story? Of, of what they're going to have access to. Um, and when you couple that with the reasons people are leaving their jobs, um, you know, a high per, very high percentage of them um, leave because they didn't feel supported, didn't feel developed, and didn't see a path. Um, and so um, when, so we have several examples of clients that started out as a pilot um, and then expanded that um, to make it part of their regular offerings for employees. Um, and that's where, you know, we're able to see the results related to retention, development, promotability. Um, and that comes from working alongside our clients to really understand what does success look like and how are we tracking against those results. So thank you for letting me chime in. <laughs> Listen, Good. Allison, since you're here, I just want you to tell everyone why you decided to even set up engagement training. What was the motivating factor for that? Your elevator pitch, because we're almost at the end. <laughs> I'll try. Um, so I, I actually, my background was in nonprofit. So that was where my sort of heart was, right? And in, in being able to serve underserved populations. And so um, started a nonprofit um, that was focused um, particularly on women um, and developed a, a software curriculum to make that program grow, go and realize it had a lot of other applications. Um, and so um, in the development and, and why um, is because so many companies were, you know, hey, we need a mentoring program. So they were either doing it manually or they were running out and they were buying a software and sending it out to everybody and saying, hey, we have a mentoring program. And if you do it that way, you'll have a whole lot of enthusiasm in the beginning, but no, no way of engagement, ongoing measure and, and making sure that we're demonstrating success. Um, and so um, when, um, you know, that's that's how we stumbled upon a need. And so we've just continually refined how we work with clients and make sure that it's not a lift for them. Um, but, you know, it used to be viewed as, you know, oh yeah, mentoring, I, I could see how that'd be helpful. And, you know, we do other forms of leadership development 
you know, maybe come back to me in six months. And now when you look at it through the lens of diversity, access to relationships is not just a nice to have, it's a need to have. Um, and so many organizations are spinning their wheels, trying to bring in diverse talent, but they're not, you know, doing the other things that ensure that um, they're, they're not just showing up and, and quote unquote fitting in, but they're being included, right? Um, that they feel a sense of belonging in the workplace. And, and that's where we come in to really help ensure that that's happening. Well, thank you so much for that, Allison. And we just got another question. So I'm going to um, ask this question and allow that question to kind of just wrap us up. So if you want to fold any closing thoughts into that as well. Um, but um, Shaniqua just asks, is the mentoring that you focus on and engage um, only kind of career oriented or do you um, focus on other types of mentoring as well? So I'll allow you guys to answer that and then close us out. Thank you so much for joining us this Friday. Enjoy the holiday weekend. I'll turn it over to you, Yolanda and Allison. Oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Our mentoring can be across the board because it is, again, a topical-based matching system. So participants choose topics that resonate with them in their life. And so if it leads to a conversation about career, then it does between that participant and the mentee or the mentee and mentor. It is their experience that they create, but it is driven by the topic selection. Yeah, and I'll add to that that the topics are all a variety of leadership development topics, but there are some personal topics as well, you know, yes. that really address the whole person. So it's ultimately up to the uh, mentee to decide what 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 they're really needing um, in terms of their own development. But thank you so much for having us. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so Perfect. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, please be sure to grab a website and Yolanda's email from the chat if you guys have further questions. Again, enjoy this beautiful um, weekend if you are celebrating this extended weekend and we will see you all next week. Bye.